Welcome to the Seek First CEO Podcast, a community for high-achieving kingdom women committed to seeking God first and keeping God first in all we do. If you believe you're called to impact the world through your gifts, then you're in the right place. Hi, friend. I'm Heather, teacher turned speaker and your host of the Seek First CEO Podcast. I'm passionate about helping ambitious, servant-hearted women find their worth in whose they are, not what they do. As a certified master neuroscience life coach, I help you connect the dots between biblical principles and brain science so you can take your thoughts captive and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I don't do surface, so we go deep here and we talk about the stuff underneath the surface because I wanna help you get to the source of your heart set and mindset roadblocks so you can have breakthrough by aligning your heart and mind with biblical truths. If your heart's desire is to grow in your relationship with Jesus, while fearlessly fulfilling your purpose and calling, then let's open up the word together and see what the Holy Spirit has to say about living your life in flow with Him. Are you ready? Then get excited for today's episode. How often in life do we look for a plan B? We might know that we know that we know that God's calling us to do something, and yet we still have that little part behind us that maybe we need a plan B. That is why I'm so excited to share with you today my special guest, Marcy Bursack. Not only is she a United States of America, Mrs. Ohio, she is passionate about the calling God has put in her life, and that is helping families who have a desire to adopt understand that there are over 100,000 adoptable children within the United States that are in the foster care system. Foster care adoption was Marcy's plan A, and she and her husband have adopted a biological sibling pair. She has a heart for children and such a deep desire to take action that she actually did that. She wrote a book, started a podcast, and launched an app. All are called the Forgotten Adoption Option. I'll link them in the show notes for you. The whole goal of Marcy is to teach 25,000 adoptive families how to get licensed and adopt through foster care for those 100 plus thousand children who are waiting for forever home. So without further ado, I want to introduce you to my friend, Marcy. I pray you are blessed by this episode and her testimony. Hey friends, welcome to the Seek for CEO. I am super excited today. I was just hanging out for a little bit before we started to hit record with my my new friend, although we were just talking about it. It feels like we know each other. My new friend, Marcy, which is Mrs. Ohio. How fun is that? I am so excited to welcome her to the show, to share her story, to share her mission, to share just everything that I have been able to witness online, uh, just to bring that to you guys, because I know it's going to be a blessing for you today. So welcome to the show. So excited to be here. Yeah, it's fun. I am USOA, which is United States of America's Mrs. Ohio, which is like a whole different thing. I never expected God to take me down that path. So I'm excited to share some of those insights with your listeners. Yeah. Well, okay. So take us back before the days of Mrs. Ohio. Um, Take us back to where, like, tell us a little bit of your history. Where did, what did, where'd you come from? Where are you from? Just a all the things. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So the drive-by is, um, I became a believer right before high school. And that was the story, like locker partner from seventh grade felt like she was supposed to come in town and lead me to Christ. Like super amazing story on that regard. And I went to a Christian college, my undergrad. And I remember feeling, cause I had the opportunity to go overseas to serve at orphanages on a mission trip. And being with these older girls, I 
came back to the U.S. and just knew. I was like, I am going to be adopting children. I'm going to be adopting my children. I will not be having biological children. And I'm like this single person, 20 something. And I'm just like, I know, I know this is my future. And then fast forward, uh, my husband and I actually ended up, we were, were at the same church, but he was with someone else. So we couldn't date in high school. That's fine. But a decade later, we were at the same wedding and we were both single. So we ended up getting married pretty fast. And I remember telling him early in our relationship that I was like, Hey, I know that God has called me to adopt. And I don't know how you feel about that, but like, that is for certain what I feel like I'm supposed to do. And he paused and said, I actually feel the same way. And I was like, you do. He said, well, my grandfather, grandpa Sam had grown up in the St. Louis area in the 1920s. And back then like healthcare was different, like social service, everything was different. And Sam was the youngest of three kids and his mom and his dad both got ill within a short time frame of one another, and they both died. And so all three kids had no parents. And because Sam's brother and sister were older, and dare I say, maybe a little more compliant, they got adopted by the same family, and they helped work on a farm. Sam was seven, a little rough around the edges, and never got adopted, ever. So my husband grew up hearing stories from his grandfather about begging for food, about being able to sleep in the back of a grocery store, about being in police cars, like just these outrageous stories about this little guy who grew up without a mom or a dad. No one took him in. No one would do it. And Sam had his own conversion story. There was a day, I don't know how old he was, but he's in the back of a police car for the umpteenth time. And the officer says, listen, Sam, and and, and can we blame him, right? Like, can we blame a child that's growing up on the streets for the decisions he's making, right? Like, it's kind of hard. And the officer says to Sam, he says, look, I'm driving you to this church. And here's the deal. If you come out, you know, and you're back on the streets doing your stuff again, you're behind in my car, in my backseat, I'm going to put you in jail. But I think you should go in this church. And if you come out a different man, we don't have to worry about this. And the story, Heather, is he walks in, he sees a woman teaching, and that woman becomes his wife. Like, total, total God, total God, like pivoting the whole future of Sam and his family. And so when my husband and I got married, he said, Marcy, I'm a hundred percent on board with adoption, but to me, grandpa Sam is my driving force. And so to me, that means I want to adopt older kids, which means non-babies in our backyard. And I was like, I have no clue how to do that. So that's kind of what kind of tailspin into everything, Heather. We looked and looked and looked and found nothing on like, how do you adopt older kids in the U S and one day we're at church and they had this expo, they call it the heart cry expo. So they highlighted all these ministries serving kids and orphans all around the world. And we found a local agency that was licensing Christian families to adopt through foster care. So that was kind of our entry point. And I thought, great, like we're doing what I've always known I was supposed to do. And little did I know, Heather, that was really just the tip of what God actually was trying to tell me. Because as we went through our process, we, we wanted to adopt through foster care. So just to clarify to listeners, I know some people say, well, you shouldn't become a foster parent to adopt. I did not do that. You can actually become licensed to adopt kids that are waiting in foster care for whatever reason, they're so-called foster kids, but there are 115,000 children in our country right now that are in a foster home, but legally have no parents and wow. they are adoptable. And those are the kids that I went to adopt. So I adopted two kids, they're, they're biological siblings. And in the process, it was supposed to be four months. And so we're at month nine. And I kind of was like, hey, God, do you remember how I wasn't going to have biological children? Like, this is the moment where I'm questioning, were you actually saying that? Because at nine months, I should be 
taking my suitcase to a hospital and like knowing that my baby's coming home and we have no end in sight. And I felt so frustrated. I was just like shaking my fist, like why God? And in my frustration, I went to my husband and I said, I really think that this is on purpose. And I think that we're supposed to do something different. He was like, what do you want to do? And I said, I think I'm supposed to blog. I think I'm supposed to share what we're going through, but I want to commit to you two rules. I said, one, I never want anyone to know why our kids are in care because that's not anyone's business. And two, I want to be careful in our language to never dishonor the biological family. So I don't ever want to say anything negative because it doesn't belong. It doesn't belong online and no one needs to hear that. And so Heather, we did like, there was no exact cadence to it, but it was several times a week. I would share an update of something that happened or things we were going through. And our readership was like explosive. And I would never know, like at that time, like blogs, like you just kind of knew who was reading, but like numbers, but you didn't know like where they were coming from and, and no one, because adoption is such a private like conversation. Nobody was like, Hey, Marcy, I'm thinking about adopted. No one was telling me. And so I was just like, man, God, this feels so invasive. And he was like, you got to trust me. Like you got to trust that I know better. And I'm like, fine, but this is so hard. So I kept blogging. And then eventually we finalized the adoption of our kids, 18 months in total, which was not four months and not nine. And then I thought, okay, that chapter, okay, God, I did it. Right. No, Heather. Then all of a sudden, because people knew we were being asked, hey, can my brother, can my neighbor, can my cousin, can you meet with them and explain this process? They can't figure it out. So two hours in my home and what felt like I was explaining the grueling process of taxes was like, here are the 52 steps. Hope it works for you. This is what we did. And you could see the glaze over people's eyes, like, holy cow, that's a lot of steps. But Heather, every single person that has come in my home has now adopted. And it was just like, they just didn't know how. So then the pandemic hits. And I realized we can't have people in our home. And, and I did video, but it, just, it wasn't the same. And, and I felt this stir in my spirit because I kept being very aware. We were talking a little before line, offline about how sometimes when you're aware of something, like you all of a sudden notice when God's like putting that in your life again. And because I'm so aware of the need for more adoptive families for children in foster care, when I see advertisements that that isn't happening, it like stirs my heart. And I'm like, I'm so frustrated. Where's the pretty, where's the bright, where's the really great professional marketing. And so during the pandemic, I felt like what I was supposed to do is have that two hour conversation that had been happening over and over my home and write it into a book. And so I did. And now it's actually a 90 minute audiobook. Um, it's a 90 page read. People read it in the afternoon. I've been told from people all across the country that they are going through the foster care adoption process. And I am constantly a dinner guest because they'll have questions with their significant other and they're flipping through the forgotten adoption option going, well, what did Marcy say? Hold on a minute. We should know to be prepared for this, or this is how to ask that question. Um, And then that transpired into a podcast. And then that's what transpired into pageantry. Cause I still felt like, man, God, there's there's light that these kids deserve. And where is it? Like, where's the picture that these children are beautiful and we desirable, like we want them as our family members. And I just wasn't seeing it. And that's kind of what bubbled into pageantry. And I'm actually in the process now of launching an app because one of the things I constantly hear from people is Marcy. Okay. I really want to do this. I don't know who to get licensed by, or I contacted an agency. They told me they don't do that anymore or that I don't qualify. So my app is kind of the Yelp. 
like kind of the, like helping everyone that's gone through this process, they can say this agency was incredible to work with. I hope that you'll work with them because they're the ones that will help you down this process. And then I'm also in the process of having a children's book that talks about foster care adoption. So God has just completely stirred my heart. And I don't know what exactly is next after that. I just know that I'm finding it important to be obedient and open to margin in my life to just see like, okay, God, what am I supposed to be doing with this time? And okay, God, what, what do you want me to be doing with this, this deep stir in my spirit? And how can I move that forward? Wow. I think I said, wow, like five times. I'm like, Heather, think of another (laughs) word, but that's all I can think of is wow. So Good. And you know, I, as I'm sitting over here, just thinking of the woman listening to this in her car on a run or at the gym or in her kitchen, washing dishes, there's someone who needs what information that the Lord has blessed you to have walked through. Right. And I can't help but think back to where did this stir? And it was on a mission. It was on a mission trip. It seems like that, that kind of really, like you came back from that on fire for the Lord, knowing that I don't know how. And I think so many of the women that listen to this show, they are dreamers. They are visionaries. They kind of have that thing that they've been holding on to their whole life. And yet so often get frustrated in the process of it. Maybe they don't know all the steps and you said it right now. You are, you know, the key is to be obedient. You don't really know what's ahead. Like, could you have imagined this, you know, 10 years ago? Probably not, right? Even though you had an idea. And so I just love that your story continues to re, let's just confirm that you don't have to know it all. You can take the next step trusting that God has a plan and now a book, a podcast, uh, um, just another book, you know, like all these different things. And so, wow, I just, Love it all. I don't even know what question to ask you next because I'm like, oh my goodness. Well, let's talk about the pageantry because that's like girly and fun and you are super down to earth, very real. I mean, you just, that's why I don't, I haven't, I even shared with you. I haven't had a lot of guests on the show. I feel like I have to do research on people in order to bring them into my circle. I feel like the Lord has, you know, there's that like shepherding your sheep and you want to make sure. And I just felt like, man, this girl is authentic and real. And I just love what I saw. And that was probably one of the first messages I sent you. I said, do you want to be on my podcast? Um, so tell us about the pageantry side of things. Like obviously, you know, why, why, why get into that? And how has that helped you? How has that helped, you know, your message and the mission God has put on your heart? Um, yeah, just open our eyes to the pageantry world. Cause I'm sure we all have an idea in our head, what that looks like. Give us the behind the scenes. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. I, I'm with you. you. Your, your Instagram posts are also equally so inviting and encouraging. And that's why I remember, I think at one point I did an Instagram live interview with the United States of America's pageants and somebody complimented my eye makeup. And I was like, I learned how to do the V eyeliner from Heather. That, I think that was like the first time that I was like, Oh, I never really told Heather and follow her, but I, I watched like everything that's there. So it's, it's such a fun opportunity to, to cross lives. Right. And honestly, Heather, so there's a question that when you're at a pageant, I went to nationals in Vegas. Um, I placed in the top 16. I walked away with People's Choice Award. I was really proud of what I did and, and felt like I knew why I was there. And what's funny about it is there's this conversation that happens among pageant people. There were 200 contestants there. And the conversation is usually, so how long have you been into pageants? And we can imagine what those answers might be. And for a little bit, I was like, I'm kind of embarrassed because like, I don't have the I was 12 story. Like I haven't been doing this, nor do I intend to stay in this space. I, I, I'm I, here to like use the light, use the microphone and help these kids. Like that was my entire intent. 
And so I just came to own that I'm like, I started pageants last year and I learned the skills I needed to get here because I want to help all 115,000 children find their forever family. Cause you and I both know Heather, like I would love to adopt every single one of these children, but feasibly like that's too big of a number for any one family. But what I can do is what I have been doing and that's teaching others how to do this. And so it really all, I, I remember where it began is last summer. My husband and I are on the brink of going to Kentucky with friends for a family vacation, Heather. So like, you know, things are packing or something and I'm going to bed and I felt like I was like, Hey, get your computer out. And I was like, I'm going to bed. Okay. Like I'm tired. He was like, actually, you're going to Google pageants. And I was like, why? Who's going to one? He was like, yeah, you need to go. And I was like, what? Like, are you, did you call the right person? Like, I think wrong number. Like this is, this is not my jam, but in obedience, Heather, I reached out and I initially actually, I live in Missouri. Um, I got to compete in the Miss America system in Missouri and I came in second runner up and it was completely out of the box. I think I had eight weeks to prep, but what I knew and kind of back to your, you know, encouraging women who were thinking, I don't know what to do next. I did not know what to do, but I did know that I knew how to ask for help. So I started reaching out to people that had done this before I, I had posted on social media that I was doing this. And I quickly had a girlfriend who's a believer that was reached out and said, Marcy, I want to sponsor you. And anything I can do to help. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like I didn't even ask her and like, where did this come from? But her belief and her faith. And then she had been in this realm before as a judge. And so she was able to connect me with all these other women. And I was floored because I thought, God, like just so took care of me. But fast fast forward, then I was like, okay, how else do I learn what on earth I need to know? Because I don't know what I'm doing, but I, I know that what I want is the light. And so I had a billboard and I did a workshop at the library, all these beautiful, big ways to splash and get attention and talk about children in foster care doors open and they flew open. And to me, like, that's what I felt like I was called to do. And it was, I don't know, maybe four weeks out to the pageant, the Missouri pageant. And I thought, what else can I learn? Cause I don't know this space. Like, what am I going to be asked to do? Cause I had a call with the director of the pageant. She was like, Oh, you need these five inch heels. And I was like, I don't know where my brain was, but I didn't put together. I'd be in a swimsuit and heels. I didn't think about the heels I'd have. Like none of that was on my radar. I was all like light children, light children. So I remember going on Walmart the night after I had the call with the director. And I told my husband, I was like, I actually get these shoes. And I found them at Walmart. They're like 120 bucks. And he was like, you need to buy them right now. And I was like, okay, I didn't, how do you wear those? Like, that's like a whole different animal. But in about four weeks out, I was Googling and I thought, what else can I do to prepare? Like, how else can I learn? And I found this book on Amazon and got it and it came to the gym with me and I would flip through it on the treadmill. And it was about a week out to the pageant. I messaged the author, her name is Alicia Darby. And I I was like, I'm going to just see if there's like one thing in her book that I missed that maybe she'll tell me. And I thought she's not going to respond, but like, this is flattering to me. It makes me feel like I tried. No, no, no. Within 24 hours, she audio messaged me back. And she answered my question specifically, was so encouraging. And when I walked away second runner up, I thought, I'm really proud of myself. I know that God sent me there to use the light. I, I know without, without a doubt that that was my purpose. And I thought, okay, wash my hands of this. I did the pageant thing. And then two, three days later, the former Miss Missouri Facebook messages me and says, Marcy, I want to tell you that you stood out to me and I love what you're doing. And I think what you're doing, you know, all these things for kids. And I want to just suggest to you, this other pageant system would actually be a really good fit. I laughed out loud and I closed the message. I was like, she doesn't know that I'm done. Like, I, I think this is funny. And I talked to a coworker who very much speaks in love to me. And she said, Marcy, 
I think you need to rethink this. And I was like, why? She goes, I want you to tell me how you can make this work, not why you're done. And I was like, I hate you. Like in this moment, I am so frustrated. (laughs) This is not what I want to do. And it turned out they already had someone representing Missouri where I reside. So I was like, see, see why I can't do it. And she was like, again, get the list. And so this, the the United States of America's pageant system, um, this was their fourth year. And they, some states don't have like a state competition. So you can apply like interview for what they call an at-large title. So they gave me a list of maybe a dozen states on there was Hawaii. And I don't know if you're using the visual for people. I am very, very Caucasian pale. I have a German heritage. I am not going to claim to be from Hawaii. And maybe people are pale in Hawaii. That's great too. But like, I am not from Hawaii. So that to me was like, can't do that. So I looked at the list and I saw Ohio. And so to my friend's request of how can we make this work? I said, okay, I I have family there. I have friends there. And through what I've been doing with the forgotten adoption option and through my family's foster care adoption journey, we've had a relationship with the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption. Dave Thomas was the founder of Wendy's Restaurants. He was adopted through foster care. Their CEO, Rita Sorenin, endorsed my book. We used the materials to help advocate to our employers that we should have adoption leave. Like we've been in a relationship this whole journey. So I thought, okay, here's what I'll do. I'll honor my friend's request, but what I'll do is I'll ask my friends. I'll ask my family and I'll ask the Dave Thomas Foundation for adoption. And they're going to tell me I'm crazy. And now we cannot do it. And my sister said, this is a great idea. And I'm like, again, I hate you in this moment. And then I asked my girlfriend who's a mom blogger. And she was like, perfect, Marcy. I'm going to actually go pick my kids up from school. I'll ask my whole mom circle of friends and I'll let you know. And I was like, awesome. They're going to unanimously agree that this is the most insane idea and I shouldn't do it. She calls me back and says, Marcy, we talked about it. And we agreed since you're not from Michigan, you know, like our rival state. We think it's great. We want to support you. And I was like, why? I don't live in Ohio. So I thought, okay, third time is the charm. I'm going to ask the Dave Thomas Foundation for adoption. They're going to tell me this is crazy and I'm off the hook. And Dave Thomas's foundation, the Dave Thomas Foundation's response was, hey, Marcy, do they know you don't live here? And I was like, yeah, I'm trying to tell you that. And they were like, and they know you don't work here. And I was like, yeah, again, I have, I do not reside in Ohio. And they said, we've never had anyone ever represent us in the pageant space. We'd love to explore this with you. And I was like, okay, I have to go, but now I have to actually take what I learned from my first go, because I felt a deep sense of responsibility, right? Because to me, this was, in Missouri, I got to get a light, and I got to do these amazing things and, and mentor and recruit families to adopt children. But to me, to partner with Ohio was a complete like moment of graduation of, Marcy, you have an entire nation that's listening to you, and you need to be really aware of that and steward that well. And so to me, what that meant is I did like a crowdfunding page and I raised the money needed for my wardrobe and to get coaching. Like, so the same actually was actually the woman who wrote the book. Um, I got enrolled in Winnipeg Academy and I did not know at the time, this is how good that is, that they are a Christian-based pageant academy. So I've had a Christian coaching me this whole time and, and her friends. So it's just been this incredible journey, Heather, that honestly, like, would I ever have thought? I don't think so. But I think what's so beautiful is, again, that obedience of, okay, God, you know, we, we, we sing the songs, right? Like, here I am, Lord, send me, right? And it's like, sometimes sending doesn't have to be out of our nation. Like, I know for, for me, I would love to move to a foreign country. I love that idea. But my husband doesn't feel that same call. And this whole journey for me has been such an affirmation of God saying, I put that stir in your heart and I call you to ministry, But ministry doesn't have to look a certain way. And ministry doesn't have to mean that they're donating so you can do this or that. And so that's kind of the impetus even. So I incorporated the forgotten adoption option initially as a nonprofit. 
because that to me felt like the most natural progression of things. And then within about three weeks of that, I talked to the three people that I'd asked to be on my board. And I said, I actually don't think this is the right fit. I think that I, I, I'm marketing, like I am a marketing arm for a government program. And while I'm not netting a profit, I'm, I'm falling flat and that's the intent anyway. I want the freedoms that come with being a business because when I'm a nonprofit, because I've worked in that space for over a decade, you have to have so many board meetings and have so much of an approval process, all these things, which are really great things. But to me, I sought some, again, just getting advice. I'm like, I don't know this space at all, but I talked to a female in town that runs an entrepreneur like, group for women. And in love, she told me, she was like, you need to just go drop the nonprofit and you need to pursue being an LLC because I think you need to see how you can take this to a whole different space if you allow yourself to be open to a different paradigm. So it's been honestly, Heather, I'm like, I just feel like I'm like, okay, God, my arms are open. I'm flying in the sky. I hope I don't fall. But I'm just like, I know God's there and I know it's going to be okay. But it's it's certainly an out of comfort zone and behind the scenes, because you asked about like, what, what is pageantry like behind the scenes? I mean, if you if you have stereotypes in your head of like, oh, I've heard it's like this. Okay, that's probably true in some essence. Um, but there's equally this beautiful essence of just supporting each other. And for me, my word for 2022 has been SABOR, S-A-V-O-R. And I've applied that throughout like writing a children's book and preparing for pageantry. And what was so beautiful to me about having the opportunity to go to Vegas to compete at nationals is because SABOR was top of mind, I had done all this prep ahead of time with coaching. And so to me, going to the pageant was more about operating. It wasn't about thinking or planning. It was just, this is, you know, I had little note cards of like, when I go get tanned, I got to go shower first. When I go get hair and makeup, I got to wash my hair and dry it first. Like it was silly things like that, but I had like a list of what I needed to do. And I just needed to do it at that point. And it allowed me, Heather, this really incredible perspective where I remember being in the morning, we would have like these different fitness activities and there's different emotions going on. Different people are in different head spaces. And there were some girls that I had connected with just because we had dinner together the night before we were sitting by each other. And I made it a point that I would, I would lean over and grab an arm of a friend and I would say, Hey, do you see that? And she's like, what? And I'm like, let's look around here. She's like, what are we looking at? And I'm like, do you see like how many women are here? And do you remember what it took to get here? And do you remember all the work we put in? And do you like, can you believe that we're here? Like, let's just take a moment to honor that. Like, let's honor where God has us right now. And then the same thing happened the night after finals on my floor was the winner of the teen competition. She and her mom were just a couple doors down. And the morning after they had a photo shoot and all this other, as a, as a title holder, as the winner of the national crown, all these to-dos. And the mom zipping down the hallway like a hummingbird. And we had talked so many times throughout the week. And I paused her and I said, you know, where are you going? She's like, why this and I that? This is a full-time job. It's the next year ahead. And, you know, and I paused her, I grabbed her arm and I turned her around and I said, do you see this ugly carpet? And she was like, oh yeah. And I was like, do you remember when you got to the hotel and you remember watching your daughter walk into that room and you thought we're here, like we got here. And she was like, I do remember that. And I was like, do you also remember the number of times you walked down the hallway and she had her ball gown on? And she was getting ready to go places and you just were enamored by her and thought, that's my daughter. I'm so proud of her. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, let's take a minute and savor that because that's why we're here. Like we're here to enjoy the process. We're not here to like think about the next thing and be in the next place, but like we can, we can love ugly carpet, right? Like there's, there's so much to see that God's doing in our moment. If we just pause, like just yesterday, I got the first 
pass for my illustrator. And that's a whole nother incredible God story. Cause I, I, if, if you've ever gone into children's literature, which is new for me, uh, I did not know I am the wife of an artist, but I did not know that illustration is a four to six month process. So when God gave me the words for the book and I thought it's going to come out in May, which is national foster care month, I didn't know there was a process and I want to honor that, but I also wanted to challenge it because I thought, well, is that really true? And I was led to affirm that they said, well, Marcy, help us understand what you're wanting for illustrations. And they're very simple. They're brightly colored. They're very simple. They're not like overly detailed illustrations. And they said, we can have that for you in three weeks. My mouth like hit the floor and I thought, okay, are we being serious about this? Like, do I understand? So yesterday I get a message from this firm and they said, we took the first pass and we want to get your input. Like, are we on the right direction of what you had in your mind, which I love, I love that kind of tone of an artist, like as a collaborator, right? Like we want, we want to infuse what we bring as talent, but we also want to honor what's on your heart. Heather, I had this moment, I'm in in an office setting at this point, looking at my emails, but I'm looking at these really cute illustrations and I'm actually, because you're visual, I can show you what I'm talking about. Um, I pulled them up on my phone and they, they are so cute and they are so fun and they captured it. So Heather, I'm going to show you. There's a children's artist named Todd Parr and a lot of his illustrations look like this. And I love Todd's work. And I went ahead and actually Instagrammed him and see, you know, I was like, why not? Let's just dream big. And so I asked to be inspired by, so we're, we're looking at characters more like the right side here. So for those that don't see, it's a blue skin toned, highly cartoon character, really bright. But to see these images, Heather, yesterday, I took my moment. I, I took my moment and I said, I need to savor this. Like, holy cow, the power of God that he put this idea on my heart and by being obedient and listening to find the people, to find the incredibly creative people. And people say, well, Marcy, your husband's an artist. Why doesn't he do it? And I was like, cause we talked about it and his art form is not graphic design. And these kids who I think many of us can remember, or at least are aware of the connotations in our society where we don't, we don't think about children in foster care as special and glistening and and positive. Like there's not a lot of that. I want that to be what it is. And then for some people that's true. And so to me, honoring children in foster care with a book that was bright, with a book that was positive, with a book that's friendly and welcoming to me, was an incredible moment yesterday. I'm like nearly in tears at my desk. I don't know what my coworkers are thinking about me at that point, but I'm just like, I want to be in this moment where I can celebrate like, God, you asked me to, and look how beautiful this is. And you're using me to be part of the story. My goodness. I have so many nuggets, like so good. Um, I just have to highlight some of the things that you said. I, even in my coaching calls, like the Holy Spirit just drops little, like that, like little nuggets. And so I just want to go back over your incredible testimony, your incredible story, your incredible faith. This is what I hear so much. You have faith to believe that he will fulfill the promises, right? That's my, so my word for 2022 is believe. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Love your word, savor, so good. Um, what I hear is one, you needed, and we need, remember ladies, we need the body of Christ to fulfill our calling. As an entrepreneur, as this ambitious, driven, high achieving woman who has these dreams, right? Oftentimes we kind of get in our own lane and sometimes we're actually told to stay in our own lane. Uh, but I think what I hear from your testimony is that, 
God just, you said, yes, you said, gave God your yes. You took the step of obedience and took action and God put the right strategic people in your life. And that's just a personal thing. The Lord is teaching me, Heather, you know, Moses had Aaron and Ur on both sides. You need people to do this with. You're not meant to do this alone. I love that you are bold. You are brave. You messaged me. You messaged the author of this book. You messaged this Artist, like if you don't take anything away from Marcy and her testimony, there's so much to take away here, but it doesn't hurt to ask. And then for those of you who have gifts, what I also heard the Lord say, and it doesn't hurt to give. I see so many reels going around lately saying, don't come in my inbox asking me for free advice. No. And while I understand the boundaries and the respect of like, hey, yes, I have, you know, I don't have all the free time in the world to just coach everybody in my inbox. It doesn't hurt to give. And so those people, that woman taking just a few minutes out of her day to respond to you really was a, a catalyst. You know, it was, it was a thing. And I just pray a blessing over her, right? The that she's blessed for sowing a seed into a complete stranger who she didn't know, who maybe doesn't even directly impact her. But I just want to encourage those of you, because I know so many of you are givers, you're servant hearted and you're a big dreamer, right? And like, this is a testimony of that, that we don't always see the fruit necessarily, but Marcy, your fruit from somebody else giving. Um, that's so, so good. And I love that. I think that's such a good question that your friend, you said the friend that speaks the truth in love, right? And challenges you. And you're like, man, it's rubbing me like wrong. At the same time, your spirit just knew there was truth to that. So the question I think that you're asking these women that I'm just going to put on them too, is why can't you do something, right? That's the thing that we think. But the question is, why can you like, what are the reasons we always tend to look for the negative and that's out of a safety mechanism. We want to be comfortable, safe and familiar, right? That's just how our brains are wired. But that, that question of like, no, no, no. Why can you do something? Um, Oh my goodness. I have just a few more like God nuggets that I'm like, I cannot let this go. Uh, You said that there is a process and you respected that at the same time, you wanted to challenge it. And you wanted to just question, does that have to be? And that just r- rings in my ears, kingdom strategy. And this is something I always tell women in business that love the Lord and, you know, want to follow the experts and want to, want to be respectful of, you know, the way, whether it's how to grow your social media following or how to launch a course or how to start a business. Yes, there are usually processes and rules and, you know, certain things that you, can go by. At the same time, we are kingdom children. We don't have to follow the same rules of the world. We don't have to follow the same processes of everybody else because when we give God our yes and we give God our excellence, he puts his super on our natural and then it's supernatural. So something that should have taken four to six months took three weeks. Come on now. Yes. And that's a testimony of what God can do when you partner with him. And so, oh my goodness, I have so, I have a couple more, but I'm going to stop there. Let you talk again, because you are just full of wisdom and goodness. Um, One last thing I love that you said that I think this has been a struggle of mine and it's a constant struggle of a lot of my clients is that we really struggle to celebrate. And I love that your word is savor. And what I hear in that is you're just allowing women to actually pause and exhale and breathe in and breathe out where you are and what it's taken to get you here. And I think so much as ambitious, driven, high achieving women that for me, what I have noticed is a pattern in my life is I move the needle 
a little bit further to allow myself to celebrate. And so it's almost like self-sabotage, like, well, that's not good enough. And so, you know, you got to get to that next level in order to actually savor. So I love that you're just encouraging women to like celebrate in the moment, take Take a moment to savor how far the Lord has brought you to get to here instead of always feeling like you have to reach that next level to take a moment and say, well done. So good. And it's funny that you point out the the word of celebrate, because one thing that I feel like after coming back from nationals, that the word of celebrate almost feels like a a sub, like a child of the word savor. Because my kids and I, spring break's coming up. So we're, we've been making a, a little list of like what things we want to be doing. We're going to be staying in town as a vacation. And one of our traditions, we're not Catholic, but we live by a lot of Catholic churches is during the Lent period, we always go to a fish fry. And we saw signs this weekend and they're like, mom, we should add that to the spring break list. And so we get home and I put it on there. And then I looked at them and I said, why do we have to wait for spring break to do spring break? Like, what if we just did that this Friday? And they were like, yeah, what if we did? So like just having the ability and freedom to know that like you can make yourself feel special in so many ways if you just allow yourself to like make time for that and make margin for that. Yeah, think outside the box. I I love it. And then I just heard this, God will get you to the places and spaces you need to fulfill your calling. Like you don't really know, you don't even know what necessarily next month holds, but what you know is what God's asking you to do, do today and that God will get you to the places and spaces. Like this is the trust. And so often I think that's what God challenges me on. It's like, we say we trust him, but yet do we trust him? Like, you know, can, can we take that step of obedience and have that faith in the unseen? Um, and just knowing that he's going to get you there. So your story in so many different ways, I know is going to bless so many women. So a couple things, um, one, I would love for you, any last words of encouragement for the, that woman who knows she's called to a bigger purpose, um, and she wants to glorify God and everything that she does, uh, any word of encouragement to her? Absolutely. And, and this is something very, um, current on my heart is, is, is giving women the ability to know. So here's kind of the phrase right now is that you don't have to live in the busy. You can live in the intentional. So I'm going to say that again. You don't have to live in the busy. You can live in the intentional. And, And to Heather's point is you're talking about, you know, we get things done and that's such an incredible quality. And there are things that we get done that are so meaningful, right? But what we can all do, and my son's even dealing with this with his homework, is instead of just being like, I know what I got to get done, I got to get it done, and just getting it done, we can take just a minute or five minutes or whatever we want to set a timer for, and we can make a plan. We can say, okay, what's the vision here? And, and, and that would be one big takeaway is, is giving yourself permission to think before you do. And while you're giving yourself permission, giving yourself permission to not do And let me give an example on that. So I love numbers. I am a total math nerd. I love doing my taxes. Like I'm super nerdy in this way. And I always get my taxes done the very first week of February because that's the earliest I can. And I love getting things done early. Well, the way the pageants fell, it was competing. And like, I love my taxes because I'm just such a nerd. I like getting it done. And I deliberately talked to my husband and then explained to my kids that I said, mom gave herself permission that I'm going to get my taxes done but I'm moving when I'm going to do it. And it was like this complete liberation of it is okay to work on that thing that I need to do, but it's not the best time to do that right now. 
And so giving ourselves permission to say, I do want to insert the thing on our heart. I do want to, I know I need to, but it is okay if you're supposed to be vacuuming today to say, I'm not going to, I'm going to put on my tennis shoes and haul my kids up to the park. Like it is okay to not, it is okay. I love that. Yes. Giving yourself permission to do it different, right? To do it different. It's okay. I love that. Oh my goodness. Well, tell, tell the ladies, where can they find you? Um, you know, your podcast, all the things where, yeah, where can they find you and connect with you? Yeah. The easiest place is to go to forgottenadoptionoption.com because there you'll find my book and my podcast. I'm also available on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. I do a lot of private behind the scenes, one-on-one mentoring and counseling. So if, if adoption through foster care is on your heart and you have questions like my spouse is not on board, or I'm really nervous about this because fears are real and fears are a whole section in my book, the forgotten adoption option. So you can find the book everywhere. It's on Amazon and Target. Barnes and Noble and so forth. And my children's book is called, Are You a Forever Family? And pre-orders will be available in May also on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and Target and things like that. But I am so eager to help people along their journey and and want to just encourage people to, you know, maybe you're thinking, hey, Marcy, I learned a lot today, but like adoption's not my thing. And that is a hundred percent understood because I don't think we're all called to that. But what I think is beautiful you know, in the Bible where it tells us that pure religion is to care for the orphans and the widows. I have a woman who has been a big mentor and currently serves on my board and she doesn't feel called to adopt. But what I love is she calls herself an adoption ally, that she sees herself as a way to connect people with the things that are going on and the ways they can move that heart, that kind of heart to adopt forward. And so I just want to encourage people to let others know um, that there are children in our country that need to be adopted. And some say, well, Marcy, I kind of already knew that, but it's really expensive. And, and I kind of want to end with that, Heather, that to dispel the cost as a, as a barrier. Uh, I'm not going to tell you go fundraise. Actually, I'm going to tell you that in our nation to adopt a child through foster care, it costs zero to $2,500 and it's all refundable through tax credits. So this really isn't a question of financial ability. Um, this is really a, an opportunity for people to become more aware and to be able to navigate that process that can be bumpy and rocky, but be able to do it because at the end of the day, we have kids that you might not get to see their face or hear them say, please, or I'd like to be in your family, but that's what they're saying. And that's what I'm trying to convey through all the things that I'm trying to do is there are these kids waiting and hoping for us. And I hope we see them and I hope we'll get them. Oh, I love it. Well, can I pray for you and your ministry? Yeah. I would love to end. I typically end my podcast with prayer. And so I just feel like I just want to pray for you and the children um, who God sees. So Father God, we thank you so much. Lord, I thank you for Marcy. I thank you for her story. I thank you for Jesus finding her um, through her friend at high school. God, how cool is that? um, That she just are in school, that she just found you through a friend. So Lord, I just encourage all women to be a friend, to be a friend to other people. You never know what that could do. So Lord, I just pray a special blessing over Marcy and her business. I pray a special blessing over this, um, forgotten adoption option, the book, the, the podcast, every single thing that she touches, the pageants that she gets to go to Lord. I know that you have orchestrated her, her every step. And so I just pray that she continues to have courage and faith and hope and confidence in you that she is called to this and that you are doing incredible things, not only in her, but through her. And so I just pray a special blessing over her and her family, her ministry. And we thank you, God. And we give you praise and glory and honor in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. I wish I could give you a hug. 
maybe someday. I always say, you know, I just, I know, I know I'm going to meet people. Um, I would love that. And I, I have no doubt this is not the last time we're going to talk. And I'm just so excited to see and hear testimonies of how people are blessed by your ministry and you. So thank you so much for your time today. Amen. You're so welcome. 